Hello, welcome to episode 20 of This Game Where, episode 7 of our lockdown specials with me, Chris, and... Me, Ashley. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. I'm in my pyjamas today. Oh, is that what they are? Yeah. What do you mean, is that what they are? <laughs> well, I recognise the old t-shirt from where we used to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is this is a t-shirt from then, but I've got my pyjama bottoms on. Right. I've I've been knocking down a shed today. Knocking down a shed? Yeah. Sweating? Yeah, like with a sledgehammer. Wow. It was good work. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, not that. It was good work. It was fun in for about an hour, but it took about six. So. Oh, blimey. Yeah. And I just fancied being in my pyjamas because, you know, That's fair enough. hard work and that. Well, it's been Father's Day here in the UK. So today I have done a Mario jigsaw that I got for Father's Day and eaten chocolate. I was going to ask, I promise. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> and uh, and we watched the Adams Family on Netflix, the new one, which wasn't yeah, how very is that? good. Oh right, really yeah, I, that's uh, what I expected. I saw a picture of the chocolate and your present on Twitter. Yeah, five hundred piece Mario jigsaw is yeah, lovely. Yeah, where, where did it come from? I suppose you don't know, do you? Because it was Father's Day. I do because I queried because I really like the the art style of it. Is that like like nineties Mario? You know, it's really chunky and colourful but it's got Rosalina on from Mario Galaxy oh, so it? she's now yeah, established canon apparently uh, it's from uh, Present Indicative right okay Never it's heard a really that. nice website lots of um, literary based gifts and just uh, seem a bit different yeah. but not like okay. silly like Firebox like, it's just like they're, they're, they're nice I had a little phase on Firebox where I bought all of my Christmas presents from it it's all a bit gimmicky and like... Well, it, a lot of it is, but I also yeah. got... And I've forgotten the name of it, but it, this was like years and years ago when it when it just started. But I got Hannah's, my wife's dad, uh, my father-in-law. That would have been a better way to have said yeah. it. But at the time, he wasn't my father-in-law. But I, anyway, I bought him this game that I thought was really, really cool or looked really cool, like going to be really fun to do and intricate and complex at the same time. And it was, it involves, you have this mat and you, you know, like the Othello where you have black and white yeah. discs. Well, you have black and white discs, but you, they're magnetized and you have to balance the, you have to balance discs on the magnetic fields of other discs in order to score right. points. So it is quite intricate in that you have to just get it just right so that it balances on the other magnetic field at an angle, like a 45 degree angle. And stuff like that. Was it fun? I never got to play it, and I don't think Brian's right. played it. It sounds like one of those Sorry, office toys, my... like a like a new no, cradle. No, you mi- you you're misunderstanding. I think then, mm, okay. if that's what you think, um, I'm gonna see if I can find it, but I I can't remember what it's called at all. Magnetic game. I did find it. I because I. Uh, I actually searched for it. Um, recently, like last year or something, and I bought him it about twelve years ago. And you never played it. I never played it. No, because it was his. Did he? No, I. Did, that's the thing. I don't think he did. But he's he's quite difficult to know what to get. The thing that Firebox did that always that made you know that it was a, like a gimmicky website was. Like those scorpions in a in a lollipop and oh yeah, well, cockroaches in a lollipop yeah. stuff like that. I was I never went for that. 
It's just always it's just a bit tat, isn't it, on, on Firefox? It can be, yeah, it can be. Yeah. What has been your highlight of the last couple of weeks? I genuinely think my highlight has been has been uh, today doing that jigsaw and eating my chocolate. So it was chocolate that was mentioned on a lockdown episode of Off Menu with Rasheen Connerty uh, called I've loaded up Tony's Chocolate Only. Have you heard of this chocolate? I saw some of that in Sainsbury's the other day when I was in there. Oh my days! I didn't buy any. Have I missed out? Lovely. So it was recommended by Ed Gamble, and he said it was the best chocolate he'd ever tried. And I thought, well, he's done six or episodes of Off Menu. He knows stuff about food. I quite fancy that. So I dropped a pretty big hint that I fancied that, based in the form of, I want some of that, (laughs) and uh, and I got some for Father's Day, and I got this little gift set that had six or seven different chocolate bars in. It's from Holland. Oh right, okay. Why is it the best chocolate in the world? Or oh, well, I would say, so it's the packaging's all in Dutch, so it's kind of difficult to actually understand what each chocolate bar is. But, you know, one of them said milk, which I assumed was milk, and it turned out I was right. And it was... it was be- Good it was guess. A bit like a Yorkie, like really, really chunky oh, chocolate. No. But, oh. like, in terms of the texture and the thickness, but okay. the, the, quali- the quality of the chocolate was, was muy bien. Okay, that's all right then. Because yeah. Yorkie is the worst. Do you think so? Yeah, I hate Yorkie. It's the most matcher of all chocolate bars, going well, back to your, your shed apparently, apparently so. But. Do you remember when they did the, the girls' Yorkie and it was pink? And it, yeah, I remember. Oh, that, my I remember. days. Even then, even then, back in the, the mid-90s, when I was like 10 or well, 11. Well, the mid-90s, then they did a, a pink one. It yeah. was after that. I, I remember thinking, did this ain't cool. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Well, Shame I on you, Nestle. I, I wasn't. I wasn't that. I wasn't that sort of kid, so... So gobbling down on a a lovely bit of chocolate, that was my highlight. What was your highlight? Why do you have to make everything sound, like, grim? Gobbling down (laughs) on a lovely bit of chocolate. I did, I gobbled it right down. All right, okay. Did you just ask me what my highlight was? I got distracted by... What's grim about that? It just sounds... Like, of all ways you could describe eating some chocolate... Gobbling down a lovely bit of chocolate. What, what would you say then? What would I say? Oh, yeah. eating, eating that chocolate. I was being a bit more creative than just eating. Yeah, and it was horrible and I hated it. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Um, my highlight was destroying my shed today. So it took me two weeks to come up with a highlight, to come to, to, come to a high point. And it was Did you destroy the shed, shed specifically to have a high laugh? For a, for a laugh, yeah. To, so that I could talk about it on the podcast. No, I didn't, no. We're, getting, we're just getting a new shed. We're putting, we're putting our new shed down the side of our house. And over the next year, I'm going to redesign our garden and redo it. So step one was getting rid of the shed? Getting rid of the shed, yeah. It takes up a lot of room. It's massive. Is your so, new shed going to be smaller then? Yeah, and it's going to be down the side of the house, like hidden away. So you won't even know we've got a shed. Lovely. So it's exciting. I I know it's exciting. Like everybody yeah, I, I don't say to that shed chat. Yeah. yeah exactly. Sorry, I, did Did you even see I zoned out then? <laughs> yeah, I I, I did, know exactly when you're zoning out. I do a little thing in The Simpsons when Homer's got a little black and white cartoon in his head. Yeah. Did you see that yesterday? This is where we are in lockdown. Uh, for anyone that's charting the progress. Did you see that yesterday, all that was on Channel 4 was Simpsons and uh, Come Dine With Me the whole day? Wow. 
from from like early early morning to six or seven o'clock at night. The the morning, that the morning right. was Simpsons, and then the afternoon was come dine with me. You think that I, sounds all right? Yeah. Mm, questionable. My uh, my daughter had Nick Junior on one day of the holidays, and we tuned in at midday. And uh, Pef Pig was on, and she said, "Oh, what's that, Pef Pig?" Because she, yeah, she's all right, Pef Pig. We're not a massive fan. So I, I started scrolling through to see what was on next. And keep going, keep going. Three and a half solid hours of Peppa Pig. Yeah, yeah. Who needs that? I know nobody, nobody no. at all. No, I couldn't believe. I genuinely could not believe it. At the same time, I did used to when we used to have Nickelodeon as kids. I did used to enjoy those days where they just had the one program on all day. Like what? So, like Rugrats. Yeah, like they might have a Rugrats yeah. day. And there was also those days where they got you to vote on what you wanted. You had to ring in and press a button, like one, two, or three. And you I'm could like vote on what... line. It probably... No, I think it was free, actually. Oh, Otherwise, right. I wouldn't have done it. I, I wasn't that silly. But anyway, yeah, I enjoyed that. Chris, what game have you brought for us today? Before I talk about the game I brought for us today, I just need to talk about how this is episode 20 now. And we'd established previously that every multiple 10, we were going to have a game do something a not... bit special yeah so episode 10 we've done the leisure suit larry game special for valentine's day obviously we can't do a game neither of us have played before because of the circumstances so just in case anyone was keeping tabs i don't know if there's like a this game where wiki out there or a super fan or if we're yeah. on our own reddit page or something but i'm just clarifying for the the hardcore fan the hot yeah the hardcore base yeah just <laughs> that one man <laughs> That one. That's why I said fan singular. De- dedicated so, fan. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks. Thanks to that person. You know who you are, probably. So the game I've brought today is Hat in Time. Yep. Excellent. Which I'm playing on the Switch. So I think it's been quite interesting because of how, you know, we're both at different points in the game. It's a game, as you said, that you recommended it to me. I, I was a bit on the fence about this and then you bought it and convinced me to buy it. So I did and have got further than you. So... There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, A Hat in Time uh, was on sale this week, mm. wasn't it? Or last week or whenever it was. It's not on sale anymore. The, the It was a, a Digital Days, it was called, bizarrely, sale on the on the Switch. And right. this game had, um, I think it was 25% off. It was down to £17. It was back up to about sort of £23, £24. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first and time I've seen it on sale. Yeah. So, you bought it because of that reason, why? What had interested you about the game? I bought it. I bought it because it had come down in price. And it was the first time I saw it come down in price. But the actual interest in the game was because it was there. There were a couple of games over the last year or two years. Well, actually, over the last year on the Switch that came out that were purporting to be like a redo, a, a reimagination of the uh, sort of old classic platforming mm-hmm. games like Mario sixty four or Banjo Kazooie, like the the heyday of, of that genre. Well, yeah. the the original heyday of the, that genre. Yeah, actually, I feel like we're in a we're in a era of like a second coming of the 3D platform. On on that note, did you see that Crash Bandicoot 4 has been announced? It has, yes. Yeah, well, so it will be announced tomorrow. Well but, announced yeah, tomorrow, elite. yeah. But yeah. I never really got on with Crash Bandicoot. I didn't in the first place, I didn't have a PlayStation, so that was a bit of an impediment to me actually playing it. But we bought Crash Insane Trilogy. All three games, because Hannah, my wife, she really liked them when she was younger. And the first one I've, I've kind of got into. So, but anyway, yeah, I bought it for that reason, because it was supposed to be a, a good reimagining of, of those classic platforming games. And do you agree with that? 
Well, why are you interviewing me? Isn't it? it like, have you turned the tables? Well, it's just do, it's nice you, to have one. What do you we... think? Why did you buy it? All right. So let me go go to my notes then. For anyone who's not familiar with Hatting Time, so Hatting Time is as Ashley has said, and this is directly from the developer's Kickstarter page because this was a Kickstarter game initially. Mm. It's a 3D collectathon platformer. Yeah. Now, so I maybe disagree with that slightly. I would as well. Mm. The, it's interesting. The Kickstarter page is is still up and. The way they'd wanted to develop the game actually did change significantly during development because they did want it to be that collectathon. Now, yeah, and it mentioned on the page as well. It says inspired by Banjo Kazooie, Mario sixty four, and Psychonauts. Now, Psychonauts is an interesting touch point because I agree with that, and I'm, I want to talk about it a bit later on. I now, I Mar- think that Banjo is a bit of a misdirect. Yes, in terms of this, does you ever ever play Banjo Kazooie? Yeah, I've played it after the fact. I didn't play it at the time. Right. So I came what back to it. Do you think of it? I'm not a massive fan, to be honest. No. I'm not a huge fan. There were games that I preferred. I actually preferred, so talking collector, collectathons or collectomania games, Donkey Kong 64, which gets maligned by so many people. But I really liked that. I don't know what I think of it now. Are you familiar with Donkey Kong 64? That was rare as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so mm. it was the same sort of formula. So and... I want to come back to Rare later on as well. Okay, um, so, yeah, so Banjo-Kazooie was a game that I played. I went through a phase when I was about 13 or 14 where, um, I'm sure you might have been the same, uh, where I used to just sit in my room playing play on PlayStation all day, every day at the weekends, in the evenings and whatever. So my parents uh, wanted to try and make me a bit more sociable. So they carted me off to a youth club every Tuesday night <laughs> in the local village. Right, okay. Where I went in and just sat and played on the N64 in the youth club all evening instead. Real. <laughs> after a time, I did start making friends there and we used to sit and play on the N64 together. So it, it did work in the end. But um, I played, I didn't have an N64. So I played Banjo Kazooie and Mario 64 at the youth club. And Banjo Kazooie had this save. So every Tuesday, I'd go into the youth club, put the cartridge in, and load up my save and carry it on. And I, I just found it so overwhelming because there was just so much to collect there was this mm. thing to collect that was this item to collect that was this thing to collect and it was just oh yeah i wasn't well taken by it's hard to say this it, it's a very n64 looking game and yes i agree with that as well i've played plenty of rare games on the n64 i've i, I had conquers bad fur day but i um sent that on its way a few years ago to someone that mm. actually would be would maybe want to play it because I it just sat on my shelf uh, for a long time. Uh, so I'm familiar with like the the rare formula, but Banjo never really just. It, I don't know what it was. It just never really grabbed me the way that other games did. What about Mario sixty four? So Mario sixty four, and that's uh, I was gonna bring this back up anyway because I think it's very relevant. I feel like Hat in Time is more of a Mario sixty four homage. Yeah, it's more it's more of a homage to Mario sixty four than it is Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, I loved Mario sixty four. I don't think it's the best Mario anymore, but I think at the time it was. So, in terms of just to clarify that a bit further, in terms of the game itself, the the levels are very big, aren't they? Yeah, they're nice big sandboxy type yeah. levels. Yeah, that the first level I loaded up just to explore at one point, and I spent well over an hour just. Looking around it, just exploring every nook and cranny to find. Is that Mafia Town? Yeah, Mafia Town. Yeah. So you load it up and you go around Mafia Town and whatever, and then your first collectible, the main thing you're looking for, same as the stars in Mario 64, are hourglasses in this game, aren't yeah. they? 
So you can then go back to the ones you've completed and then carry on collecting and get you so yarn, uh, one of the collectibles which you get to then uh, craft new hats. Yeah. And then there's also they give you little, new powers. Yeah. There's also little green things that you collect that your currency to buy to buy things as well. And I want to talk about that a bit more as well. But um, you can then go back in and then to go in a second time for objective two or objective three, maybe the environment had a bit of a change to it. Um, so in Mafia Town, for example, the fourth time you visit it, all the water has changed to lava. Oh, right. Okay. And, I did, I, um, sorry, spoiler. And yeah. you have to then go around and there's these gigantic taps that are sticking out of the buildings. You have to go and find the taps, um, which obviously is quite difficult now that there's mm. no, no water, just lava, and hit the taps to turn the lava off. So it's sort of, I quite like the way the gameplay changes for each objective and change the level up yeah the other thing that i've come across in that first level that is again very similar to mario 64 is that you can go out of sequence yes i went in for like my third time piece my hourglass and ended up finding a different hourglass yeah and you were able to do that on mario 64 as well so whereas i don't think there was i mean it wasn't even the same sort of style in banjo because it was it that it, it was just like these that. huge yeah. open levels that Find had all these things. Was it was it jiggies? The little the jigsaw yeah, pieces, it was, am yeah. I remembering that? Mm. And then were there were there feathers or am I confused that with um ukulele? I think I am, aren't I? You might well be. Yeah. Well that's the other so, one that was purported to be like a mm. a throwback game, wasn't it? Ukulele. Yeah, well the less said about that the better. And that's why I was so interested in Hat in Time. Th- this game and a game called New Super Lucky's Tale. Mm. So they were the two biggies um in this regard last year. So it came out for the Switch in October last year. It came out for Windows in October 2017 and mm. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in December of that year. So yeah. in terms of you and I play on the Switch, it, it has been out for quite a while now. Uh, developer Gears for Breakfast, who uh, is an indie studio from Denmark. Oh, right. I didn't know that they were from Denmark. Yeah. So we mentioned the collectibles a few times. So I just want to talk about them a little bit more. So you've got Hourglass is your main thing. That's the thing that you're collecting each level. It's hat in time. It's about this girl on a spaceship. I'm not really sure the link is there with your hourglasses she has different hats each hat you have gives you different powers so there's a speed hat for example that may go quicker there's a hat that lets you see invisible platforms that you can use to climb up and get to areas that you couldn't get to previously and then there's also badges and different badges different things yeah. so i've got a badge for example that's like a magnet that attracts nearby collectibles you that, buy it that, off that weird guy yeah it's very disturbing isn't it that the shopkeeper yeah. Uh, and then there's a hookshot badge as well. So that? that opens up I a lot of platforming as well. So the point I'm asking the game, I've, you can have three different badges equipped simultaneously and then you can change the hat and the hat is, is just by pressing a button and choose your hat. Yeah. So depending on the scenario you, you're in, depends on what hat, what badges you have equipped. And that's your main kind of thrust for getting through the game is getting these different things. And it's, uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. But you are significantly further in the game than I am. Yeah, so how how far have you got through? I'm on the what, first the level. I, I've unlocked the second level. I haven't really gone into it too much. Not that far. So the thing I like about it, well, there's lots I like about it, but the main thing I like about it is the variety, which I've touched upon Psychonauts already. And there was a level I was playing through in the last week that made me think of Psychonauts. I can't remember specifically which one it was, but I've just talked through a few levels. Obviously, it's it's a 3D platformer, but I've had a level that is basically Metal Gear Solid, where you're sneaking really? around. Yeah, you're sneaking around and hiding behind people and trying not to let them hear you. Yeah. 
which was, was oh really i know we, that's the first that's the that's the second level that's the um in the studios the film studios yeah, yeah. yeah. so you can't go in their red their red lights yeah. And I just think, you know, it was just such a, a gameplay change. It was brilliant. There was a level I played last night where it was set in this spooky mansion called Queen Vanessa's Manor. It's in this in the third world. And it was it was like the tyrant in Resident Evil. It was like a horror game with like loud discordant music and noises. And it was genuinely quite scary. Right. Okay. And this is in I'm a, looking forward to that then. Yeah. This I is get terrified pre- by the slightest it was like, it was disturbing you you go in for example at one point you go into this this nursery and it's you know it's that horror thing and it was proper creepy yeah and this oh. is in this 3d cutesy platformer for kids mm. and so they had this um yeah my my favorite level so far and this is one that i thought was the most like psychonauts is the it's either second or third level in the second world it's called murder on the owl express okay so it's a level set on a train where a murder happens, and again, I thought, well, this is a bit, you know, out of the blue. But then it turns out at the end, it's just a film that you've been interacting with. It's been, you've been filmed. And you, there's these characters that remind me a lot of the uh, government agents in the Milkman level of Psychonauts. Oh, right, okay. And when the murder happens, you're then given a time limit to find these clues within the level. And then you then have to choose who you're accusing of doing the crime. That sounds and interesting. I, I, yeah, it was. It was really interesting, really fun, mm. and just again, not not sinister. That's maybe the wrong word. Just a bit odd, kooky. Yeah, yeah. Again, like I said, just and unexpected really as action. well in there because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have anticipated that happening in no. this game. To be honest, Psychonauts was quite a special game in the way that it broke the mold for yeah for what it was and um or for what it for what people were expecting. Certainly for me, what I yeah. was expecting. And the Milkman level is a perfect example of that. Oh, it's it, it's one of the best things I've ever played. That level is, and I wouldn't expect that kind of uh, that kind of that kind of insight. Yeah, that kind of inventiveness from from a hat in time. As much as I like it so far, so I'll tell you one thing I don't like about it. Okay, yeah, I've got and things it, I don't like about it, but right. Yeah. Okay, so we'll see if this one is a shared thing. I th- I actually think that the developers dislike it as well, and I'll explain why. Because right. I, the thing that I dislike quite intensely, actually, is the voice acting. It's really grating. I find it extremely annoying. It feels quite cheap. Yeah, which is to be expected, I, I suppose, because the budget won't have been huge for this. Yeah. But it is just another level of, of bad. And I'm quite impressed, though. They, they did get people to voice every single bit of I, Yeah, text so that is the other base. side of it. The, the fact that they've got a full cast, uh, a full voice cast, is is quite huge for a game of such a small... Uh, the, uh, such a small game, such an... In, yeah. in, uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying. I can't so remember that is, um, that is Final impressive. Fantasy X, when that came out. It was uh, Lords of being the first Final Fantasy game with speech. And then, yeah, they speak, but not all the time. It was quite infrequent, actually, when they spoke in that. Yeah, it was it? just, it was really for FMVs, wasn't it? Yeah. Not. I think there were a few bits, but most of it was text. Hmm. So, yeah. I, actually, I've never thought, I hadn't thought about it from that from that point of view. So, thank you for suggesting that, because you're right. Welks. However, it's not good quality. Yeah, and it, it does annoy me, regardless of, of whether it's a feat or not. And the salesman that sells you those badges, there is a an item for 800 
orbs or whatever, 800 of the currency. Coins, whatever it is. Which is quite a lot, but this item is to turn the speech into gibberish so that they're not actually using voices or words. And actually, I'd rather like that. I think it's a reference to Banjo-Kazooie in Rare Games. Do you think it is? I did wonder. Because going on the Kickstarter page earlier, that was one of the reward, the tiers. It was if we get to this amount, this will be unlockable in the game, which again makes some gibberish. Mm. Well, they should have gone for the gibberish. People want the gibberish. Yeah, they should have. They should have gone for it because it would have been cheaper and better. So the thing I don't like about it, have you tried playing it in co-op mode? No. It is shonky in co-op mode. How? So on the Switch, you've got the two Joy-Cons and you choose, you, you select player one to be Hat Girl, is the name of the character in the game. And then the second player you've selected is called Bo Kid. And if you, say for example, select Hat Kid to be on controller one and then Bo, Bo Kid to be on controller two and then go into the game, sometimes it swaps them over. Right, okay. The main character is then suddenly on the second Joy-Con and vice versa, but it, there's no consistency. It doesn't happen all the time sometimes. So I find that quite odd. And then whichever character is player one, the camera follows that that person. So the, there's no split screen element. So the person, the other person, if they go off screen, there's about three, four seconds delay, and then they'll respawn next to where yeah. the camera's followed, which is quite difficult in a 3D platformer. And then also the second player cannot interact with things. You can pick things up. If you came to a treasure chest to open it, you can't open it. It has to be player one. So actually it's, we've, we've myself and my daughter is really enjoying this game. We've just gone just to play it one player. Either I'm playing it and watching, um, then she's watching me or vice versa, uh, because I just do not enjoy it in co-op mode at all. Yeah, that does sound a bit frustrating. Mm. Certainly the the fact that you're limited to sort of just being in the same yeah, vicinity. Yeah, and it, it depends on how well it's implemented as well. There is some DLC available for the game, uh, which I think is quite reasonable. It's £4 per level. Yeah, it's the seal one. or The seal the deal, and then it's set in like a, a Tokyo-like city with like this, this gang of cats or something. And they come with extra badges and different weapons and stuff. And the levels are big, as we said. I think £4 is personally pretty reasonable. And from what I've read online, I think the Seal the Deal DLC does come with a split-screen two-player mode. Why wouldn't they release that for free? Who as, knows? As like an update. If they Making people pay for that is a bit... That's a bit wrong, I think. Personally. I might have misread that, though, and misunderstood or something, just to add that caveat there. If that was, if it was a case of they developed that alongside the DLC, they should have split it up. They should have, they should have put the DLC uh, level out and and put the two-player split screen. Making people pay for that is not. On. But you and I both know that how games developers, you know, they'll they'll make the game and then sort of cherry pick as to what. Well, yeah, I I know I know what you're getting at there. Yeah, and um, the so without being specific. A, and I'm sure people know this, but one of the things that gets my goat about development is that they often will develop a game, a whole game, and then pull bits out to sell mm. to gate off as DLC. And I've spoken to people that don't think that there's a problem with that. They they think that it's smart, savvy. Yeah, that it's yeah, it's yeah. a smart thing to do because you develop it alongside the the game itself and it saves time or whatever and possibly money and that's fine but i don't think that the i i don't know i i i just don't think it's okay we we've moved too far towards a situation where games are no longer complete affairs yeah 
And that is, it has its benefits, but it has a significant number of drawbacks. Is there anything else you don't like about the game before I talk about colour bits and wrap up? up? I'm not, I'm not, as I say, I'm not as far into it as you, so maybe there'll be a few things that, that I pick up on but it's really just the the voice acting everything else is pretty good i quite like the the weird sense of humor it's got yeah it's the fact that they've got a mustache girl yeah it struck me it wasn't the antagonist i was expecting let's say that yeah it wasn't the antagonist i was expecting like a little red riding hood girl with a mustache yeah and have you have you as you've explored her spaceship have you interacted with any of the items that are dotted around yeah i was gonna i really wanted to mention this uh, the fact that you can ride on top of the the vacuum cleaner she's got a robo vac and you can you jump on top of it and just ride along and it struggles yeah so there's that sort of little little detail that i quite like there's a there's a bookcase for example and if you examine it it comes up with this you know oh here's all these books that i'll I'll never go on to reading and uh it just makes me think of of the all the time that the authors wasted writing these when they could have been playing with their kids or something like that and that genuinely made me laugh because it was just so odd oh that's dark (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's grim that's a horrible way of thinking about books poor sods poor authors and again that in this 3d cutesy platformer yeah exactly and actually that's sort of psychonauts-esque in the same way mm. as you said previously because that had that sort of thing as well so my last note i want to talk about which i think you might quite like before we finish off was we've mentioned rare a few times and how this game is enthralled to those sorts of games the rare ones they managed to get and i didn't know this name you might i'm sure one one or two of regulars i don't think this so. name grant kirkhope was the guy who did the soundtrack for lots of Rare games back in the day, as in lots of them. And they got him to do a few of the tunes for this. I had a little like inkling, like this little feeling in the back of my head that was like, you know that name, you know that name. But then I realised that I was thinking of Doug Stanhope. Yeah, yeah, different. Yeah. Doug Stan, you know who Doug Stanhope is? Yeah, yeah. From Screenwipe. Yeah, and he doesn't do music, he just does ranting. And yeah, yeah. Bit so, of not the same man. No, not at all. Yeah, there you go. Hats in time. Would you recommend yeah. it, Ashley? Who would you recommend it to? I I would recommend it, but that's the question. Why have you why, why have you taken our format and just flipped it so that like reversed it? So you're it. asking me all the questions. Episode twenty, uh, making it special. <laughs> who who would you recommend it to, Chris? People who like the games that this is a homage to, so your Banjo Kazooie, your Mario sixty four, your Psychonauts, etc. If you liked any of those games, you will like this game. If they never floated your boat back in the day, this probably won't be for you. But I, I still really enjoy it. I think there's enough gameplay variety in there. I just get so much enjoyment from this game. Uh, uh, before we finish off, a uh, level I was playing this this evening was. Um, I was the the leader of a band marching around this uh, film set, and they if they touched me, then I uh, lost a bit of health. So you had to be constantly moving, and as you were constantly moving, diff- different things were were happening to make it more obstructive. And it, it was just great fun, really enjoyable. Um, I I think I agree. It's it's primarily for those people that have, and it's I don't think this is the other thing that we probably should have said. And I I'd be interested to know if you agree. I don't think that it thrives on nostalgia in the way that a lot of the games that are trying to call back to that time yeah, and th- that type of game, they they kind of plough so much nostalgia into it that it, it becomes about that. This game isn't that. It's a modern take on those games that m- retains a lot of the uh, charm of those games and the gameplay styles of those games for, th- for the good. 
You know, it's yeah. done a good job of what it was trying to do. Definitely. So, yeah, I, I think primarily those people. I also, though, think, and you're playing it with your young daughter at the moment, I yes, think sir. it's a good gateway game. It's certainly for, like, my first 3D game. Now, I thought that as well, and she is really enjoying it. She um, has been talking about it quite a lot of school this week, according to a teacher, and I went on the Gears for Breakfast website, and you can buy a plush of the main character, and you can buy these really lovely posters that are like, it's like a film poster, but a poster for that Murder on the Isle Express um, film yeah. that I talked oh, about. Wow. And you can buy like a, I thought that was a really cool bit of merchandise, mm. but, um, and I, you know, she is really enjoying it. And then I played the level that I said was like the Tyrant. Scary. It was like a horror game. Yeah. And, I mean, it was, it was freaking me out. And that, I wasn't playing with her around, fortunately. And I think it would, I, I really think it would have scared her. Okay. So it needs some vetting. Yes, I think so. You mentioned New Super Lucky's Tale. I think that would have been a, is a much more appropriate game to introduce younger game yeah. players. Yeah, again, to that's going for it's going for the same sort of thing, isn't it? Just it is. I, I think that I I prefer a hand time personally. Do you? If it, I do. Yeah, I do. I think that if it has those problems in in the sense of being a gateway game, then fair enough. I, I'm not there yet, so I'll I'll be able to evaluate. Mm-hmm. But equally, kids need scaring sometimes, don't they? Mm. <laughs> no, I'm 33 not, not and it scared much. me. Yeah, well, I'm expecting it to scare me because I, I genuinely am not very good at scary games. Yeah. Well, like, I get terrified, my heart starts to race. Right, well, let me know you get in with that because it was, it was perturbing. I certainly will. Thank you for bringing that game again. You're welcome. Well, bring it, bring in that game. Uh, you know what I mean? Do our social media bits, please. I'll do our social media bits. So if you aren't already, why the blaze is not? Come join us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all that. Come say hello, rate and review, all that jazz. And we'll Instagram. see you again. Don't say Instagram. No, did you? Mm, sorry. I don't know if... Did you zone out as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Okay, and we'll see you again soon for another episode of This Game Where. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. I always wave. This Game Wear is a Specky Two Guys production. Music for the episode is provided under Creative Commons license by Stevia Sphere from the album Cellavision, which can be found at steviasphere.bandcamp.com. <laughs>